Today, uh, we continue our series this summer on Beloved Hymns. Just a reminder, I do hope you, you take a moment to complete our online survey to tell us what hymns are beloved to you. Uh, the survey will be up uh, through Father's Day the 20th. Um, please let me know following service if you're having any trouble um, accessing it. Those online, if you're having trouble, uh, just send me an email or, or call the office and we can help you uh, get started. Uh, so far, if you're interested, Here I Am, Lord, is in a commanding lead in first place uh, with Amazing Grace and several others uh, not too far behind. Uh, we're picking up to 10 of these for, for the series, so, so please, please do. This is, this is the chance where I'm not picking the hymns, or, uh, and our worship team isn't. Uh, you are. We're, we're literally picking the top 10 from this, this survey um, for, uh, for us to sing, as well as for me to, to preach on and for us to reflect on together. So um, I, it's, really, it's really exciting for me to see which ones are rising to the top and which of these speaks uh, truest to, to the faith of our, of our community. Uh, our hymn for this morning is the namesake of the series, How Can I Keep From Singing? It's attributed in our hymnal uh, to uh, a Baptist preacher named Robert Lowry, uh, it, penned in, in 1869 for a collection of Sunday school hymns. But like many hymns that had earlier origins, uh, some uh, accounts attributing it to a Quaker or a Shaker tradition, um, but its stanzas and words have been adapted quite a bit over the years and in various forms. So we're going to explore the hymn as we have it today in our hymnal. Um, and all these changes and, and adaptations of it, I think, it really speaks to a deeper truth in this one. Uh, that Christ's lordship of heaven and earth, of God's ultimate power and control of human history, causes us in gratitude to erupt in joyful song. Our lessons this morning are echoed in the hymn with our first lesson from Job with the beloved words, I know that my Redeemer lives, uh, words that are echoed in verse 3 of the hymn, as well as in Handel's Messiah, our second reading is from John's Revelation. As the new heaven and earth are revealed in Christ, the Lamb seated on the throne who makes all things new. I invite you to listen with open hearts and minds as we encounter God's word together from the 21st chapter of Revelation, beginning with the first verse. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and the sea was no more. And I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a table, as a, excuse, as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, See, the home of God is among mortals. He will dwell with them. They will be his peoples, and God himself will be with them. He will wipe every tear from their eyes. Death will be no more. Mourning and crying and pain will be no more. For the first things have passed away. And the one who was seated on the throne said, See, I am making all things new. 
Also, he said, write this, for these words are trustworthy and true. Then he said to me, it is done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. To the thirsty, I will give water as a gift from the spring of the water of life. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. No storm can shake my inmost calm while to that rock I'm clinging. Since Christ is Lord of heaven and earth, how can I keep from singing? So says the well-known, beloved refrain of our hymn today. Joyful song is a spontaneous, almost involuntary response of those who have witnessed Christ's lordship. I've been moved by many stories uh, this week. So many of the hymns we'll explore have a story of their own. Uh, This one doesn't so much have its own story as stories throughout history that uh, that bear witness to the truth of it. And recently, I've been moved by some stories that have surfaced during the dark era of slavery in our nation. While some slave owners allowed their slaves to attend church, often for coercive reasons, many others forbid their slaves from hearing the gospel. Yet, often they still did. In hearing this gospel, this good news that Christ is indeed Lord of heaven and earth, beckon praise and worship, often done in secret in the woods at night to places known as hush harbors. Theologian Sean Copeland says that it was in these hush harbors where most of the spirituals we know today were formed and given birth. There's a wonderful story last month in the Fauquier Times about Waterloo Baptist Church a historically black congregation that began as one of these hush harbors. After emancipation, folks of this community kept gathering there to worship until in 1895 when they laid the cornerstone for their church building. They continue to worship there today. Verse 2 of our hymn says, What though my joy and comforts die, I know my Savior liveth. What though the darkness gather round, songs in the night he giveth. In Christ, these disciples, enduring the utterly brutal existence of slavery, found what Job pleads for, a redeemer, a goel in Hebrew, a kinsman, someone who could advocate on their behalf to bring restitution, freedom, and peace, and healing. In turn, these faithful souls gathered in secret, in darkness, to joyfully sing out this life-giving faith. While our hymn today is not a spiritual, I think it is telling that it came into popularity in the late 1860s, as our nation was in the midst of reconstruction from a devastating civil war, finding its footing now. The film Joyo Noel also was a telling story of this kind of uh, spontaneous eruption in worship and song that could not be quelled. It depicts, this film depicts a historical event during World War I, where soldiers of each side negotiated an unofficial Christmas truce in 1914. These soldiers met between their trenches and shared food, stories, and what else did they do? They joined together in song. They sang Christmas carols. 
The occasion of celebrating God's incarnation of God becoming flesh among us in Christ beckoned these soldiers to put down their weapons of war and join in song with their enemies, if even just for a moment, to proclaim glory to God in the highest and peace on earth, that Christ the Savior is born. Can you hear it, friends? No storm can shake my inmost calm while to that rock I'm clinging. Since Christ is Lord of heaven and earth, how can I keep from singing? When we look at our lesson from the end of John's revelation, I think we get an even clearer picture of why this hymn is so life-giving, even in life's darkest realities. The hymn says, I hear the clear though far off hymn that hails a new creation. John, writing during a time of Roman occupation and persecution, provides Christians then and now a glimpse of God's new heaven and earth. It's a glimpse of the future. It's a glimpse of God's future. It's a glimpse, ultimately, of how our story will end. But it's not just about the future. This glimpse of God's future empowers us to live faithfully here and now. It's interesting that John's glimpse of the kingdom is largely shared by telling us what it isn't, what won't be there. There's no sea. And while we all love going to the beach and looking at the ocean now, in John's day, the sea was seen as chaotic, unpredictable. It was the medium through which Rome could travel to them to oppress and persecute them. The sea was also what separated the Apostle John from his churches. There'll be no sea. There'll also be no more tears, sorrow, crying, pain, or even death. Scholar Eugene Boring says here that God promises that all which robs life from being fulfilled and anything less than joyful will soon be no more. Indeed, friends, since Christ is Lord of heaven and earth, how can we keep from singing? Friends, to put it lightly, this has been a strange year, worship-wise. Well, let's be honest, it's been a strange year, 15 months, everything-wise, including worship. We've had to gather in different ways, outside, online, mask, distance. One of the biggest uh, things in this has been refraining from congregational singing inside. We did some singing together outside, and that was uh, fine, but I think we all agree it just wasn't the same when led by our wonderful organ and uh, hearing the, the kind of surround of, of each other's voices. So last week when we joined in singing Holy, 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 led by our wonderful organ, it just felt incredibly, unbelievably joyful I was in absolute awe when our sopranos joined in the descant that rang out for all creation to hear. If you recall, in Luke's gospel, when Jesus enters Jerusalem, the event we know and celebrate as Palm Sunday, the crowd gathers, they lay down their cloaks and branches from trees to welcome Jesus as he processes in on a donkey. But they also sing. They sing out in praise. They shout that, that beautiful 
uh, word and song we know for, for uh, Palm Sunday, Hosanna. Blessed is the one who comes in the name of the Lord, Hosanna in the highest. If you recall, as he enters, some of the Pharisees and other authorities try to get Jesus to quiet the song of his followers and the surrounding crowd. They're causing a scene. They're troubling the waters, disrupting the status quo. Do you remember what Jesus tells them when they ask for him to get the, the crowd and disciples to stop singing? I tell you, if these were silent, the disciples, the surrounding crowd, if these were silent, the stones would shout out. It's almost as if he said, how can these people keep from singing? If they did, even the stones, the foundation, the very earth would jump right in to carry the tune for them, that Christ is Lord of heaven and earth. As I said earlier, our hymn today inspired the series we're doing this summer on beloved hymns. And I chose that title because I think it speaks to our reality and feeling coming out of the season when we were not able to sing together. How could we keep from singing? Now, looking back over this strange, scary time, I cannot help but look at the first line of the hymn. My life flows on an endless song above earth's lamentation. No matter what troubles our lives face, no matter what lamentations are ringing out on the earth, our lives flow on an endless song. Why? Because Christ is Lord of heaven and earth. Even when we were unable to raise our voices to sing corporately as a congregation, this hymn reminds us that our song carried on. Our song of God's new creation rang out through our mission and service to our community. Our song flowed on through the countless cards, phone calls, and emails you all as our congregation made to one another, checking in, sharing love, seeing how we could support one another in these strange times. It's this music that echoes in our souls, even when we're not singing, that the song carries on. It carries on even in the midst of earth's lamentations. I'd argue the song even gets louder when times feel at their darkest. This is a song that cannot be quieted, no matter how troubling our lives and world may feel. That even if we fall silent, the very stones, the very earth will jump in this chorus to proclaim life, Christ's lordship and God's control of human history. Friends, may we be strengthened by the words of this beloved hymn. May we remember that our lives do indeed go on in endless song, that Christ is Lord of heaven and earth, that even when our voices aren't raised in this song, our spirits, our actions, our witness goes on singing. So friends, let's rise in body and spirit and remember at our, our sessions request, replace our masks. And friends, let's sing. Amen.